All right, what is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Very Cold Lasagna, the podcast that is the same and open listening platform for casual, cold, and even the dumbest takes on the world of WWE, AEW, the NFL, and the wide world of pro wrestling and sports in general. I'm your host, Dylan Lasagna. Welcome to today's episode, episode number 48 of this freezing cold podcast. And today, I got another good show for you all because we're not going to be talking about uh, the NFL, our usual weekly recaps, or even the 49ers recaps just yet. Because today, we're going to be talking about a little bit of pro wrestling. Yeah, I haven't talked about pro wrestling on a podcast episode in quite a while, ever since the NFL season started. But I decided to talk about it because of a certain thing that happened uh, this past week. Actually, the last week because, you know, I'm kind of late on it. But anyway, I want to talk to you all about it anyways. So I'm going to give you all my late and outdated AEW Dynamite and Rampage Grand Slam review. Yeah. Why is why exactly is it called Grand Slam? So, the reason why they're calling it Grand Slam or why they called it Grand Slam was because they were celebrating uh their largest attended set of all elite wrestling events in its short history, short 2-year history. Um it was going to be held at Arthur Ashe Stadium, which was well known for hosting uh, the U.S. Open Tennis Tournament. Um, it was going to be their first full event inside of a, a stadium, whether it was a 20,000, 30,000, 40,000, however many thousand stayed, how many thousands of fans were going to be in that uh, stadium. So around 20,000 fans attended uh, Dynamite and Rampage. Actually, mind you, Rampage was taped. So, it was only like one night, but on TV it appeared to be two nights. So, you get the point. So, this was also held in New York City, which was primarily uh, WWE home turf. Yeah, so they were invading WWE homeland, pal. So, AEW invaded uh, WWE home turf. They went to Arthur Ashe Stadium um, last week on Wednesday, September 22nd. And technically, Friday, September 24th for Dynamite and Rampage grand slam so they stacked up this uh rampage and dynamite cards with a lot of mega matches at least in the eyes of aw fans so they gave matches like kenny omega versus brian danielson formerly known as daniel bryan and then they also had Britt baker defend her aw women's title against ruby soho formerly known as ruby riot in wwe and they had on rampage CM Punk versus powerhouse Will Hobbs of Team Taz. And they even made Rampage a two-hour special uh, last Friday. So, in this episode, we're going to be talking about these two Grand Slam episodes of Dynamite and Rampage. And from what I've seen so far, from what I've seen in these last couple of days, because... I've honestly need time to catch up on on pro wrestling because I've, I've barely seen it since the NFL season started. But from what I've seen, like since I've caught up with uh, this Grand Slam stuff, a lot of pro wrestling fans, and yes, I use that in air quotes, a lot of pro wrestling fans were claiming this to be a history-making event for AEW and wrestling in general. So we're going to go into this uh episode asking the question did it live up to the hype it was this the history making episode that AEW fans pro wrestling fans are claiming this to be we're going to take a look at AEW Grand Slam week as i like to call it but before we go deep into this topic for the rest of the episode you all know what i love to do here on this uh a show in each and every episode and that's talk about my social media make sure to subscribe and turn on the notification bell for the youtube channel of very cold lasagna so you can get that freezing cold freezing cold pasta that's always served in the cold ass fridge and make sure to listen to the show on apple Podcasts, spotify and anchor fm as well as google Podcasts, and follow the show on twitter and instagram at very cold lasagna so let's talk about AW Grand Slam Week, which kicks off on September 22nd with Dynamite. They're obviously their weekly show titled AW Dynamite Grand Slam. Technically night one or whatnot. 
So 20,000 fans in attendance for night one, technically. That's the live portion of this Grand Slam week for AEW. So this this Grand Slam week kicks off with the dream match between Kenny Omega and Daniel. Oh, sorry, not Daniel Bryan anymore. Brian Danielson. Yeah. He, we can no longer refer to him as Daniel Bryan because, no, he's not in WWE anymore. We got to refer to him by his real pro wrestling name, Brian Danielson. So both of them come out to a sea of, you know what, <laughs> of, you know, a sea of cheers and whatnot from the crowd. Um, people are going wild for whatever reason um, because it's the dream match. Between Omega and Danielson, this is was this was a non-title, um, and it opened the show. Kenny Omega tried to paralyze uh, Daniel Bryan uh, with with various V-trigger knees, dragon suplexes. So pretty much he was trying to send him back into retirement. And honestly, he he, he could have at this point. Um, but Bryan kept fighting and. He kept on fighting and fighting. He came back into this match. But in the end, both men failed to realize that there was a 30-minute time limit. And the match went into a draw. Yeah. Like, literally at the one-minute mark, they were just fighting each other. Like, fight, 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 fight. And without any, like, desperation or any, like, instinct of... Either Kenny Omega trying to go for the one-winged angel or Daniel Bryan trying to lock in the label lock. There was nothing in that. There's no, like, you know, hurry-up offense from any of them. They were just like, oh, we're, we're just going on with this match as normal. And it, it ended in a draw. So the Elite came out to um, break up Bryan, lock in the label lock after the match was over on Omega. And then they super kicked him in the corner. So here comes Jurassic Express and Christian Cage to fend off uh, the Super Elite. And that was the end of that. And my God, how can people really say this was a pro wrestling classic? How can these so-called wrestling fans call this a five-star classic when this put me to sleep? This really put me to sleep. And I get it. We can like what we like. And we can dislike what we dislike. But can we please splash some water in our faces? Like, and admit to ourselves, this match was boring. This was really, really boring. They were taking their sweet, long-ass time to set up spots. They were dragging this match forever with, like... Honestly, they weren't even, like, doing all these flips and kicks. They were just, like pandering onto the crowd so it was pretty much just a circus show for this opening match it was either just them kicking kneeing suplexing each other uh for 30 damn minutes with no variety and no story whatsoever and yet people called this a great match people called this an instant classic that was awarded five stars yeah five stars this was a five star match <laughs> are you <laughs> Am I seeing something differently that this was giving a five-star, like, that this makes this a five-star match? Like, you know what was a five-star match? The the game I just watched on Sunday Night Football or between the Green Bay Packers and my San Francisco 49ers. You know what else was a, green, a five-star classic? The two Sunday Night Games I, I previously watched in the last two weeks. Yes, two teams throwing around a football at each other as defined by the Smarks. Two, two teams, the rowing around a football, a ball around each other for 60 minutes. Even longer than that. Actually, three hours. Yes, those are five-star classics, depending on who the team is, obviously. But still, you get the point. It's more entertaining than what I just saw in this one match between Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson. But then again, this is what Daniel Bryan wanted. He has returned to typical indie bullshit. With no selling, no stories, dragging on long-ass, ma boring matches with shitty pace. I warned Daniel Bryan. I, I know pretty much a lot of people that are true wrestling fans that see everything clearly. 
Like, I just didn't want him to get hurt in AEW. But it looks like he wants to head towards that direction, towards a second retirement. I don't want to be mean or anything, but I'm just being honest. So, if he wants to, you know, have all these long, boring matches that are going to put him at risk of a second retirement again, then he can do him. All right, whatever. So, AEW fans will eventually reap what they sow with Brian Danielson. So, then we get a CM Punk promo um, talking about Team Taz who put him through a table the previous week and how they want to take away happy CM Punk. So he's pretty much stealing happy Baron Corbin's gimmick, which is pretty much been like dead at this point. But that's besides the point. So they wanted to take away CM Punk's happiness and pro wrestling from him. And that made him angry. That pissed him off. And he's going to take all that anger and frustration on Powerhouse Hobbs on Rampage Grand Slam this Friday. So he promised to put Will Hobbs to sleep on Rampage. And I'll admit the promo was okay. Like at least when it comes to promos and mic work, CM Punk is still good at it. I'll admit that. But everything else about Punk, when it comes to wrestling, when it comes to being a, a actual human being, when like when you look past Punk as a wrestler, he he's an absolute douche. <laughs> he's an absolute douche. So with this match with Powerhouse Hobbs, we're gonna get into later on. Like it made me care so little. It still made me care so little. So if we were looking at this as an actual fight, Powerhouse Ho- Will Hobbs could actually beat the ever living shit out of CM Punk. But since this is pro wrestling and not sports entertainment, Punk was going to put himself over. He was going to let himself beat Powerhouse Hobbs. Side note, what is it with both AEW and hardcore wrestling fans trying to separate the terms pro wrestling and sports entertainment from each other when they're both the exact same thing? Like, how is it? How are they different? It's like, they're both the same. It's like pro wrestling. That's entertaining i don't i don't i don't understand what the difference is what 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 is so different between pro wrestling and sports entertainment tell me so then we get to brian pillman versus mjf um i i, I didn't care about this match i mean mj honestly mjf should have just cut a promo um on new york bashing all of its teams like the knicks the the New York Mets, the New York Yankees, the especially the New York Giants and the New York Jets. You should have bashed all of New York <laughs> in a promo. So he he taps out uh, Brian Pillman Jr. with the salted and wound armbar or salted in the earth, whatever it's called. Um, I I just don't know what they're gonna do with MJF because like ever since he lost the feud uh to Jericho, um at All Out, it's like. He's kind of been like I don't know, like in that middle middle road. Like, what what does he do now? So it, it kind of feels that way now. He's had this mini feud with Brian Pillman Jr. and it's like, what does he do now? So hopefully he doesn't stay too directionless directionless because he, he's 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 still pretty young. He he still has talent potential to be a top star in AEW. I know some people will say he's just Miz 2.0, but like. He can get out of that shell of being Miz 2.0. So then we had Cody Rhodes versus Malachi Black. Uh, the New York crowd was uh, pretty mixed for, for Cody. Um, they were also pretty mixed for Brandy Rhodes, Cody's wife, who made a return for the first time since, uh, was it when they announced her pregnancy? Uh, back in, I don't even remember when. I don't even remember when they she announced that shit. Uh, but anyway, she was back. Um... Honestly, I didn't really care too much about this match either because I had no interest in either one of them. Uh, towards the end of this long-ass match that, like with a lot of this uh, uh, week of Grand Slam, I played at two times speed on the Electric Boogaloo. If you know what I mean by that, um, <laughs> you know where I'm watching this shit. <laughs> you know where I'm watching this. On the streams. On the streamline. River. <laughs> you, 
layman terms. Layman terms. So anyway, so Arn Anderson tried to rally Cody into winning this match, but um, I didn't know. I don't. I don't remember if this was like a botch or anything. He tried to like go on the other side of the um, the ring apron, but then he like as he was turning the corner, he slipped. I didn't. I didn't know if that was a botch or anything, or but it looked like really weird. So Cody went to check on him, but Arn Anderson told him like, "Go finish this match." And then as Cody was trying to keep punching Alistair Black, oh Malachi Black, sorry, because we can't say WWE names anymore. Um, and then he kept punching him, and then he pushed the referee aside um, so he can keep punching him. Um, Alistair Black uh, jizzed black. He he jizzed out black jizz all over Cody, <laughs> and then he got a fruit roll up victory on him. So. Wow, Cody Rhodes is finding different ways to make himself look like a big goof. <laughs> Even in his big returns to TV, he's losing all these big matches that he doesn't feel special <laughs> as an executive vice president. So, this was the latest example. Being jizzed on by Malachi Black. <laughs> and it's not the good jizz. So anyway, this match was boring. It was very long. Even at two times speed, it sucked. It, the, the ending was very cluttered too. Um, I just didn't give a shit about it, especially about Malachi Black because of that story of just going after the Rhodes family for reasons of wanting to stalk them. Like, don't be a pedo, dude. Don't be a pedo. So then we had a tag team match, which I honestly thought was the ma- the whole match of the night and these these overall two shows. FTR. Dax Hardwood and Cash Wheeler versus Sting and Darby Allen. I, I, and I'll say it, this was honestly a decent match. The, honestly, the best match of the entire Grand Slam week. Just because, like, of what I'm about to say. Uh, FTR controlled the pace of the first half of this match by double teaming uh, Sting and Darby Allen uh, in their corner. So, some good tag team chemistry from FTR. But then Sting began a rally in the later stages of the match. And then towards the end, Tully Blanchard set up a chair in the corner for FTR, but Sting dodged it, and Dax Hardwood inadvertently hit his head into it, and Sting hit the Scorpion Death Drop, and then locked in Dax Hardwood into the Death Lock, and although Cash Wheeler was holding uh, uh, Wheeler's hand, uh, no, no, Dax Hardwood's hand, telling him, don't tap, don't tap, don't tap, Darby Allen hit a Coffin Drop, Onto Cash Wheeler while on the ring apron, which looked very brutal, if you ask me. And then that knocked out Cash Wheeler and Dax Hardwood tapped out. And why I say this was the best match of the the whole Grand Slam was because how Sting looked. He still looked pretty damn good wrestling at his age. And unlike his match at Double or Nothing, where he was no-selling like a motherfucker... He actually sold the moves um, FTR was giving to him. He he gave he gave them time to, you know, hit their moves and then he sold them, like you know how he used to sell them back in the day. And I gotta say, Darby Allen is like one crazy bitch. Like, how do, how does he take these nasty ass falls and then suddenly recover from them? It's like this is why wrestlers nowadays don't last like a long time because they take these unnecessary bumps. And I really hope he, like, he tones it down just a little bit because he's going to kill, he's going to hurt himself. He's going to really hurt himself. But I'm just glad he, he's fine. So good match overall. I liked it. Some good um, traditional tag team wrestling there. So then in the Grand Slam main event, um, for Dynamite at least, the AEW Women's Champion Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, uh, defended her title against Ruby Soho. Um, so Ruby Soho pretty much had this match won um, with her finisher. I, I don't know what it's called, but it's like a a Soho kick or whatever she's calling it. Um, but when she was about to win the match, uh, Reba and Jamie Hayter got up on the ring apron, hit the the kick. She she hit them with the kick, and then. That distracted uh, Ruby long enough for Britt Baker to lock in the lockjaw on Ruby Soho, and she tapped out. Yeah, she literally tapped out. She didn't pass out like Chris Statlander did it all out. She tapped out like a pussy. 
She's like, oh, I can't handle it. I can't handle the dentist. <laughs> wow. <laughs> talk like, I don't care. I don't care about that. Like, but talk about like, even though at a three and one disadvantage, a three and one disadvantage, I don't care if there's going to be a rematch or whatnot. I don't care how AEW fans want to spin it. So I'll say it here and now. So that was the hype. The grandiose of Ruby Soho in AEW. All that hype. All the talk of the town of her winning that Casino Battle Royale in her debut. How she's going to lead the charge of the AEW Women's Division. And then she pussies out to the DMD, the true star of the Women's Division in AEW. Two weeks later. LOL! Talk about LOL! <laughs> what a way to pretty much lose all the momentum that she had or whatever she momentum she had <laughs> in her like debut like i know aw fans will say oh but she lost via distraction so she has the right to get a rematch like she's gonna have reba and jamie hater banned from ringside or locked in a shark cage or something so i guess by WWE logic they'll just give her one they'll just ban uh, Britt Baker's associates from ringside and or wait they'll give Britt Baker another uh, another associate I'm sorry but the Soho train has been derailed the runaway should just be cast away because she fucking sucks she she literally has no appeal whatsoever so overall that was Grand Slam uh, Dynamite edition and day one Day that was, that was day one te technically, it just felt like your typical episode of dynamite matches happening for pretty much no reason. Actually, and a lot of these were hot shotted matches, so th these were a lot of hot shot match hot shotted matches for for smarts to blow their load. Yeah, Th these were this was very very like un I don't know if I say unusual for AEW to do this, but. It, it just seems very hypocritical for like AW fans to say, "Oh, it's fine for 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 us to blow our load with Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson and the DMD versus Ruby Solo, but it's not okay for Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar um, for the Universal Title at Crown Jewel or Bianca Belair versus Be Becky Lynch again, or probably not the best example. Or here's another example: Big A." Cashing in the money in the bank because of AEW. So, yeah. I, this, this Grand Slam, day one, was all hot-shotted matches that AEW fans can't seem to realize. These were hot-shotted matches, like, no, no matter what way you want to spin it, and no matter what way it ended. These matches were hot-shotted for a ratings bump. And let's be honest. Let us be honest. This the this dynamite grand slam did not move the needle at all. It did not. 1.2 million in the ratings is nothing special. It honestly is nothing special. Now, in fairness, I guess like it's getting like it's getting close to Monday Night Raw, sure. But like, is it going to over? If if is it going to surpass Monday Night Football? Is it going to surpass? The NBA on ESPN on Wednesday nights? Is it going to surpass the NHL when it comes to TNT? Ask me that. Ask me that. So, all in all, with this Dynamite Grand Slam edition, this had a lot of hotshot booking that didn't pay off. It did not pay off. For, for 1.2 million viewers, that's a... That's a fail. That's a big fail to have like such a hot shot card for only like a million views, essentially. A million viewers. How sad. And don't give me the, the crap about key demos because who gives a shit about the key demographics? That 18 to 49 key demographics? Like, dude, that, why, why did we even mention the key demographics. Like, who's giving a shit about the key demographics? Like, we've only talked about that since the, the existence of AEW back in 2019 when Dynamite started. Why now are we talking about this crap? Like, do have we mentioned about that since the Monday Night Wars? Have we mentioned that since 
Monday Night Football started against WWF with Monday Night Football versus WW, uh, Monday Night Raw. Like, why are we suddenly talking about this key demographic crap? Like, it's stupid. It is really, really stupid. So, all in all, this Grand Slam was just part one of this bland scam of not just my time, but everyone else's time. So, what else did they have to offer for Grand Slam week? So, let's look at day two. Let's look at the, the so-called day two of bland scam with AEW Rampage. Because this is such a special occasion for AEW and the fact that they were in a tennis stadium. The Rampage episode was two hours. But here's the, the key catch. It was taped. It was freaking taped. <laughs> I, I just wonder, like, why couldn't they have this live? If they were making such a big deal about, you know, being in a big-ass tennis stadium in front of 20,000 people, how could how the hell could they not make this two nights? And they also have, like, billions of dollars from a, a shitty football team owner in the Jacksonville Jaguars and Shahid Khan. Like... How the hell were they not able to afford two nights in this tennis stadium? Like, I'm I'm not trying to like be like advocating for for AEW, but it's like how like how like, you're trying to make a name for yourself with this grand slam, but was the stadium booked for the U.S. Open or for some other shit on that Friday night or? Is AEW that cheap or is nobody giving a shit? Ask me that. So anyway, let's talk about uh, AEW Rampage Grand Slam. Man, how many times have I mentioned that word? It's kind of like that one George Lopez episode where they keep bringing up the uh, the mouth the the Disney Mouse uh, because they were trying to give away a free trip to Disneyland or something. <laughs> but anyway. So we've opened up the show with uh, Rampage Grand Slam with CM Punk versus Powerhouse Will Hobbs. Yeah, that's one way to um, entice the ra- the viewers, pal. So Powerhouse Hobbs um, used his strength to overpower CM Punk for much of this match, but CM Punk came back with some kicks, a neck breaker, his trademark running knee in the corner, and the Macho Man elbow drop for two. They botched a Avalanche Huracurana Specifically CM Punk. Um, and that looked like it almost concussed uh, Will Will Hobbs. Like, goddamn. Like, if you're not going to do a move correctly, then don't do it at all. Like, seriously, don't. So, at the end, saw CM Punk hit a GTS on Will Hobbs, which he also didn't hit uh, properly. Uh, after Will Hobbs accidentally ran into his Teen Taz partner, Hook. So, CM Punk gets the one, two, three. Punk wins his second match in his pro wrestling return. So this was an okay match. Um, uh, CM Punk is still trying to get his bearing back um, in when it comes to in-ring work. But at some point, it's, it's going to come to a line where CM Punk is going to have to actually carry a match. When I mean carry, he's going to have to do some or most of the work. He's going to have to lead the charge. When it comes to working a pro wrestling match again. He's had two matches to shake off the ring rust. But now it's time for him to prove that he can equally hang with the rest of AEW. Because at some point they're not going to like, you know, you know, bend on their knees and suck their you know what for him. Like when it comes to the in-ring work. Like he's got to keep up with, he's got to keep up with the rest of them. So that was that. So then we had um, some some six man tag team action, which involved the Super Shits, Adam Cole and the Cucks of Suck, going up against Jurassic Express and Christian Cage. Um, Luchasaurus ran through the Super Shits after the after a commercial break, um, and he tried to win. He tried to win his team into a victory, but. He tried to get the Jurassic Express finisher going, but he it failed, and things started to break down for the good guys. So they, they, 
this rapid fire sequence that started to go on. It saw the Cucks of Suck take out Christian and Jungle Boy. And Adam Cole took out Luchasaurus with the Panama Sunrise and with a assist from the Cucks of Suck with a BTE trigger. Luchasaurus was finished off sadly with a last shot knee or the boom knee to win for the super shits. So this match was pretty much your typical Cucks of Suck indie bullshit match. Now with the flavor of baby Adam Cole. So I was watching this at two, at two times speed um, as normal. It's, I highly recommend everyone do if you're watch, if you're just bored out of your mind um, watching AEW. Watch this on the, the Streamline River of the Electric Boogaloo River. Watch AEW on the Boogaloo. Put, put it at two times speed. Get through this match as quick as possible because this is very unbearable to watch. Because of the constant spot orgies that are making all the hardcore fans, you know, go like this, all shit, all shit, boom. Like Adam Cole, baby. There were, there was a lot of typical spots happening throughout this match. From the super kicks, super flips, spots, a uh, set of spots that are going to obviously be spots. To the no-selling nonsense from everyone involved except for Christian and Luchasaurus because... Well, they're the more smarter wrestlers that know how to sell moves. Because, yeah, these are all indie fucks. These are all indie jobbers, indie fucks. So, unlike, you know, certain matches that ha- that can actually tell a story and a char- have characters, this match is the personification of an insult to my intelligence. Right here. So, before we move on, I also would like to say... Can you make stop making Lucha Stores lose, please? AEW, can you please stop? He he has the potential to be a main a uh, mainstream person, uh, person because you know he has the cool look of a dinosaur. Rawr. But anyway, I digress. So then you had Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, uh, the men of the year, whatever they're called, um, take on the inner circles, Jake Hager and Chris Jericho. So. Throughout this match, the both teams switched uh, control. Uh, they switched. Um, they switched control of like who was, who was gaining the offense. Um, but in the end, Jake Hager um, lost this match because of Dan Lambert of America Top Team, um, and he tripped. He tripped Jake Hager, and that allowed fruit, uh, Scorpio Sky to fruit roll up um, Hager for the win. So after the match, um, Jericho. And Jake Hager attempted to attack Dan Lambert, but here comes America's top team, which consisted of legit MMA and UFC fighters. They came out to save him, and they beat down Jericho and Hager, capped off by some dude named Jorge Masi Vidal, busting Jericho open with a very hard knee strike. So they're con- I guess they're continuing this like UFC MMA invasion in AEW, um, but. It's kind of weird how they're doing it with like two jobbers in Scorpio the Sky and Ethan Page aligning with like actual legit MMA fighters. You know, a group that actually consists of legit badasses. I don't know. I don't know like any of them except for Paige Van Zandt. Um, speaking of which, like, <laughs> I don't know why Jericho was selling for her. Like, it made him look like very weak <laughs> taking punches from her. So, yeah, this match was kind of boring, but. I guess the beatdown served its purpose. So then we had another spot orgy fest in the form of an eight-man tag team match. Santana and Ortiz teamed up with the AEW Tag Team Champions, the Lucha Bros, to take on Private Party and the Butcher and the Blade. Um, I did want to mention, in a little side note, uh, Private Party wore uh, jerseys from the Brooklyn Nets. Um, one of them specifically wore a Kevin Durant jersey. I don't know what who's 16 on the, Kevin, on the Brooklyn Nets are... I don't think that's James Harden. Like, who's 16 on the Brooklyn Nets? I don't know. So, Santana and Ortiz donned face paint representative of the New York Mets, which is kind of weird, considering that um, if that's their favorite team, then they're not doing well in trying to get a postseason berth. So, anyway, um, the action was getting fast and frenetic in the ring, um, and Matt Hardy attempted to cut Santana's hair, but Orange Cassidy came out 
to distract them and Jack Evans was attacked heading into the commercial break. And then after the commercial break, uh, the good guys finished the match with their finishers on Mark Quinn. So, yeah, this is pretty much a another stupid spot orgy um, that served no purpose other than, oh, let's have a spot orgy in front of a nationally televised audience just because. At this point, with this Grand Slam portion of the week, they were literally just trying to fill up time, this, this two-hour special, um, by... Like having these pointless uh, matches. This was literally this. Like at this point, this was literally like a like a nationally televised like dark show. <laughs> it was literally literally AEW dark on national television because this was just so pointless. Like this match was literally pointless. So in a post match interview, Matt Hardy was sick and tired of Orange Cassidy sticking his nose in his business, and he challenged him to face Jack Evans in a hair versus hair match. So, yeah, whatever. So after that, Miro beat up uh, Sammy Guevara and Fuego del Sol ahead of their TNT title match next next week on Dynamite. So there's that. Um, a vignette played of Andrade telling Pac that whenever they face off next. Um, Pack will have no excuse for losing, and Andrade will have, like, I guess, I don't know, gratification because he won cleanly. I don't know. I don't care. But I will say this. Why why does Andrade feel the need that he needs to have this match again? I don't know. So, in another another technically good match, which which has actual good work rate and good, like, Spot orgies, if you know what I mean there. <laughs> Anna J took on Penelope Ford. So Anna J was trying to get revenge on Penelope Ford after last week's rampage where the bunny, Allie, and Ford took out Jay and Tay Conti with some brass knuckles. So Anna J went right after uh, Penelope Ford, she like went all aggressive and attacked her and beat her up like in a cat bite, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> so um, after the commercial break, um, the two were facing off. Like it was kind of weird. I didn't have like that commercial free uh, feed that's on the the streamline uh, river. Um, so like the commercial break version had like this awkward transition of like they're already facing off in the ring so we don't know what the hell happened um in between that there's no picture in picture so uh, the bunny distracted the referee long enough to pass some brass knuckles to penelope ford so ford won the match against anna jay and afterwards the bunny and penelope knocked knocked out ten tay conti too um because she was trying to save anna jay from a post-match beatdown and it looked like the segment was, was over, but nope. The Hardy family office um, came out to block anyone from stopping uh, the Bunny and Ford from uh, beating down on Tay Conti and Anna Jay. But here comes Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander um, leading out the dork order uh, to push away uh, the Hardy family office. So I guess everything that's, that was going to happen post-match... It's going to lead to like multiple matches um, in the coming weeks involving these two factions. And one of them is going to happen on Dynamite this week. Uh, between Anna Jay and Tay Conti going up against The Bunny and Penelope Ford. That's going to happen uh, this week on Dynamite. And that's probably the only match I'm going to care about because reasons. For reasons, pal. <laughs> they got some good work right there, John. If you know what I mean. <laughs> Speaking of next week's uh, Dynamite and Rampage, actually, technically, it's this week. Um, some things were announced, like uh, Dante Martin, Matt Seidel uh, going up against Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson. Uh, Jungle Boy going up against Adam Cole. Baby. And Orange Cassidy and Jack Evans in a hair versus hair match made official for next week's AW Rampage. So in the main event, we had a lights-out, unsanctioned match between Eddie Kingston and John Moxley going up against Lance Archer and Minoru Suzuki. I should just say Minoru, Su- Minoru Sushi because I don't know who the fuck that is. So Sushi and Archer took out members of the ring crew like during that entrance. And while Moxley and Kingston were on their way to the ring, they were attacked by uh, the heels. 
So Kingston, like this was like a weird, really weird spot. Like he got put through a table by a like a kick, like literally a kick by Sushi. Like what? How does that make sense? So, and in another weird spot, Lance Archer threw John Moxley onto the AEW ring crew um, before choking him with a letter belt. And that went into the last commercial break of the evening. And then after the commercial break, Moxley was handcuffed with duct tape. Um, and he got continually beat down by Sushi and Ar- Lance Archer. And towards the end of the match, Lance Archer was going to finish off uh, Eddie Kingston um, with the reverse crucifix powerbomb onto like two... Uh, uh, two standing steel chairs um, that would have broken his back or his his chest. But wrestling legend Homicide uh, came out to attack the heels with the chair. Uh, he also freed Moxley from the duct tape, and then Moxley and Kingston began a rally. Uh, Moxley hit paradigm shifts onto Lance Archer and Suzuki, and then Eddie Kingston put Lance Archer in a trash can, and he pretty much spammed the kendo stick move. Um, onto Archer for the win. I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, for a lights out match, um, you know, typically it's reserved for the most personal of feuds, the most personal of bloodbaths. But this was kind of a mockery of that. This is really kind of a mockery of like those two things I just said. <laughs> These were four guys just fighting for the sake of fighting, and in turn. This just felt really, really flat. At least it matched the tone of this entire Grand Slam week that I just talked about. Flat and hot garbage. Boring as fuck. And to be honestly blunt, the the women that were in the last Lights Out match, Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, they made their Lights Out match much more brutal much more entertaining and at least much more realistic than any of the four guys involved in this lights out match. Like when the women top the men in a lights out match, that's embarrassing. That is really embarrassing, man. <laughs> how do you like how? How? So all in all, you like it was also very obvious that they were trying to rush through this match. Um, because they had little TV time remaining um, for this hardcore lights out match, um, because there was no like intensity, there like very little time to set up spots and whatnot. As such, they were rushing through it, and like there was no blood. I mean, yeah, there was no blood. So overall, for this uh, portion of Grand Slam, the Rampage portion. This did not need to be two hours. This really did not need to be two hours. They just wanted it to be two hours so they can stretch out all the spot orgy, multi-man tag team matches into commercial breaks to maximize this special week for AEW. Especially this special week for Rampage that was technically taped. This could have been served as a at least a one-hour live show with... The lights out, Punks versus Hobbs, and as much as I hate to say it, like you could have had at least one spot orgy match in the Super Shits and Jurassic Express and Christian Cage. That would have been a like a serviceable lineup, really. Like instead, you just had to drag everything in a two-hour show. This was really boring. This is equally bad as the dynamite grand slam so final overall thoughts grand slam week is an overall overhyped overrated and super boring snooze fest you know what i was doing while watching this grand slam like event like both rampage and dynamite i was playing lego city undercover (laughs) yeah a legos a lego game that is just like the Lego GTA. Yeah. I don't know if you ever heard of Chase McCain, but he's like a, a cop trying to solve a mystery of, I, I don't know. What, what, what is it? Like trying to solve the mystery of, a, of, of a guy who, who took his supposed girlfriend's father 
yeah, this ha this shit happens in a Lego game, man. This shit really happens, and it's kind of very open world um, style of Lego game. You're you're driving cars, and you're cra you can crash into other cars and bre and break them like like Lego like Legos. Yeah, I was doing that. <laughs> I was trying to go, go through this Lego City undercover game while watching Grand Slam, both Dynamite and Rampage, because these shows were just awful. These were awful, man. So bad that I, I was just like going to sit here on my Nintendo Switch and at least progress through the story of Lego City Undercover. Yeah. <laughs> that's this, That was how I felt about Grand Slam. I mean, the only positives I have had about it was staying in Darby Allen's tag team match and Anna J versus Penelope Ford on Rampage for reasons. Yeah, reasons. <laughs> But with like most things, um, AEW, I again highly recommend the the people that want to get into it, or at least just want to watch it for whatever reason, to watch this on the 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 River Boogaloo, you know, on the the sites. Um, so you don't have to watch this nationally televised indie fed at normal speed, and so you can get through all the bullshit as fast as possible without missing a thing on. The fastest speed possible. Two times speed, I highly recommend. It's your friend. So, the dynamite portion was especially, a, like I said, a hot-shotted clusterfuck, yet AEW fans won't complain about it because, but if WWE did it, then it would be even more stupid and illogical. So why book a so-called wet dream match between Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson in the first place on, nationally televised, on a nationally televised uh, network? Just so it can be booked and in a draw. Like, is AEW gonna plan nothing for Brian? Like, is he is he gonna plan for Brian to dethrone Kenny Omega as world champion at full gear? Like, are you gonna? Is there, there's gotta be a clear cut plan. There has to be a clear cut plan for this. Like, what's the point of doing this match at Grand Slam if it's just gonna end in a draw? Why did you make people waste thirty minutes into watching these two guys? That have no story, no character whatsoever, fight for 30 minutes and, and in a draw. I would like to know. So, for as bad as WWE hotshots things, I I have, I have to say, it, AEW is starting to fall in that trap of blowing their load to try to get the max TV ratings they can and to try to like get any viewership they can, but they're failing bad at it. The fact that they only got 1.2 million, that, that's pretty much the same range that they've been getting, and no view, new viewers, which they, sh they that's their that should be their ultimate goal, new casual viewers, not trying to keep them away and gatekeep all the hardcore smarks. You should be grow, trying to grow your audience, not keep the 1, one or 1.2, 1.3, million people you already have. It's the the fact that you only got 1.2 for Wednesday night Grand Slam on Dynamite last week. It's it's a fail. It's a it's an embarrassment. And I don't know how much they got for Rampage, but I probably imagine it's probably going to be around 600 to 800 people. 800 people for Rampage. And that's going to be a testament to how big of a fail this Grand Slam week is going to be like in the for television wise. And when it comes to ratings, it's only going to get worse for them because when their form of competition, because everyone likes to bash on WWE, like, oh, it's, the NFL is crushing them. AEW is also crushing them. AEW is going to get a dose of reality in three weeks' time when the NBA season comes back. And soon, they're going to kick, get kicked from TNT with the NHL. They're going to be starting their nationally televised contracts in three weeks time or i think it's next week next week or two weeks from now i don't know but either way they're gonna be facing their own form of competition and one of them is from within in the nhl and i know people say but nobody cares about hockey in america but still the fact that you got that aw got booted off of a major network in tnt for hockey? That's 
That's some. That's brutal. That is brutal for a growing company. So overall, this Grand Slam week was just a bland scam waste of time. And whatever. I know wrestling fans are entitled to what like what they want to like. But I'm also entitled to dislike what I want to dislike. And what I dislike is pretty much all of modern pro wrestling. Whether it's WWE or AEW. And I'm allowed to speak my opinion on it. No matter how stupid it is or how smart it is. I'm allowed to speak on it. Because pro wrestling in its current form, it's god awful. And no, it's not back. It's not better than ever. It's worse than ever. Okay? Hear me right now. This Grand Slam is an indication that pro wrestling is worse than ever. Okay? Okay. So anyway, that was your review of AEW Grand Slam Week Dynamite and Rampage Grand Slam from September 22nd, 2021 and September 24th, 2021. What did you guys think about these so-called grand televised AEW events? Let me know how you felt. Whether it's in the comments on YouTube, a comment on Twitter or Instagram or a direct message. However, because I would really like to know how you guys feel about these these really hyped AW events. But let me know how you feel. But anyway, that's it for me here on Very Cold Lasagna. Um, I just wanted to talk about, get my thoughts on this wrestling matter. Um, but then after that, back to football. We're going to be talking about uh, week Week three of the NFL season, as well as the 49ers' uh, heartbreaking loss uh, to the Green Bay Packers on Sunday Night Football uh, for this coming week. So that's it for me on Very Cold Lasagna. I'm your host, Dylan Lasagna. Make sure to subscribe, turn on the notification bell for, on the Very Cold Lasagna YouTube channel. Make sure to listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor FM, as well as Google Podcasts. Follow the show on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at Very Cold Lasagna. And as always, keep that lasagna very cold in the fridge with your takes on the world of pro wrestling and sports in general. Freezing cold in the fridge. Tasty like pasta. And until next time, peace out.